Hey, you're drinking house coffee, unfiltered conversations brewed at the intersection of real estate life and coffee shop service. We're Maggie and Rich, local business owners and friends sharing stories and welcoming you to pull up a chair with us. The door's always open. Let us pour you a cup. Welcome to House Coffee. Hi there. <laughs> hey, what's up, Mags? Hey there. We were doing so much talking before hitting record, but I was the whole time you were telling me things and like sharing stories, and I was like, ah, that should have been. We should have just should've been recording. recording. That <laughs> I know that literally happens to us every time. Yeah. So. Well, it's probably gonna be. That's because we want the best for our people, exactly. and we want to make sure that we're know exactly what we're talking about and we're authentic. That's right. <laughs> so maybe we'll. Um, just start pressing record as soon as we walk in the yeah. room from now on. We're going to edit it all together. So what are we talking about today? Today, I thought we would just revisit or continue or whatever you want to say about it. From last week, we talked about our resumes, okay. if you will. Yep. Past and I'm prepared. And future. We didn't really get into the future lives, but um, you can maybe guess our trajectories based yeah. on what we're talking about now. So I thought, um, you know, yeah, it was I think a, it's important to continue that conversation because yes. we were kind of rushed last exactly. time. Exactly, we had forty-five minutes in which to talk because I had to go catch a lunch meeting, and um, we crushed that timeline. But I felt like things were a little uh, just truncated and maybe squished in there. So um, I had some. I was listening back, had some follow-up questions, and you know, I think there's just more to unpack from things that we were talking about. So cool. we'll do that and um, see where that leads us and then give you a little bit of a teaser teaser for next time probably. So cool. Yeah. So where would you like to leave off from our conversation last time? Where would you like to start from where we left off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, we kind of like ended with me talking a lot about story, and I felt like I hadn't been talking for a while, so I'm going to ask you some questions. All right. Because <laughs> uh, you, were, you were talking about some good stuff about your past in how you got into real estate, how you got into staging, and some um, just different things related to that. So um, you talked about how you started with, you actually started out in journalism. Yes. Like, I, I went to school for broadcast journalism, and I wanted to be a reporter. And when I was in college, I, I like added a major to, of cinema screen studies. And I really got into documentary film. And so I, I thought that when I graduated, I would go straight into working for the news. Nice. So I was curious, like, what got you into journalism? Um, well, and I know you overlap your journalistic endeavors at that time and into the near future from there with like filmmaking and document documentary stuff. So just like, how did you get interested in journalism? Kind of like great starting question. Even that farther, farther, starting farther back. So when I was in high school, our high school actually had a news station, and I was part of the TV news station in my high school. And I joined actually as a senior and I got to know the news director at the high school as a, when I was in 11th grade, I said, I want to join the news team. And he taught me how to edit video. I learned how to edit video using like miniature DV cameras, <laughs> had to capture the video. And for those 
youngsters out there who like just use their phone and like are automatically are able to edit it. There was a time where you would record video on like VHS tapes, miniature VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah. And there was. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to capture that video in real time and that digitized it and then you could splice it up and edit the the clips. So I learned all about how to edit and do transitions and that is where I started my life in front of the camera because as a high school student I was like carrying this big large camera to certain places and like sticking a mic in front of people's faces with their permission, you know, interviewing them about like local things in the school and in the community. And I was also an anchor for the news and we had a rotation. There was like a few teams of anchors. And so we just rotated, um, you know, who the teams were. And I had a ton of fun. And that's where I I was like, oh, I want to do this as a job. This is great. I get to be in front of the camera. I get to edit video. And I really loved editing. That's kind of where my love for everything was because that's where all the magic happened. So that's why I studied broadcast journalism. And kind of my, my career sort of had like a domino effect from there. That's really cool. Um senior year so were you like thinking about journalism what were you thinking you would do before that pivotal <laughs> experience with the club well i i can't tell you, you specifically sure i wasn't really sure but i knew when i was in 11th grade i was like oh no i need to start thinking about like applying for colleges because yeah. that's just sort of the path in life that we were taught to do so it all of my friends knew the path what they were going to study. Like they were already deciding like, oh, I'm going to be a nutritionist. Oh, I'm going to be a dietitian. I'm going to be a nurse. And I had no idea what I wanted to be Yeah, because it's hard hard (laughs) to pick when you're 17 years old, which I was 17 years old when I went to college, what you wanted to do for the remainder of your life. That's so much pressure that we put on young kids these days. Yeah, I still don't know. have to (laughs) decide. Me neither. And so... I just was never strong in science and math. And like, I was like, I barely passed my math regents. I barely passed my science regences. Like I got a 65 and a 66 and 65 was passing. So I was never a strong math and science student, but I was, I got a hundred in photography and I got a 99 in English and so I was like, oh, I, I'm a pretty good writer. I'm great at photography. And I just started thinking about like careers I could have using the things that I was really gifted in. Sure. And I think broadcasting just seemed like a natural pick for me because I, I knew I could do really well. Cool. Yeah, that, um, that, makes, that makes sense. Knowing you, I, I, actually, though, actually, I wouldn't have pegged you for someone who didn't do well, quote unquote, in math or science. That's interesting to hear. It makes me feel um, among friends. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know if I ever did so poorly on uh, on the regions. No, I barely. Passed. I won't tell you my SAT score. It was, 
It's it's, it's sad. It was Let's good, just say I went good to or bad. community college. Okay. No, I did so poorly on my SAT scores. I didn't even submit them. Oh. To my college. Okay. Like how, what when was I your apply, score? I don't even know. Like <laughs> the scores are different now. I just know I didn't. I didn't even break. I think. I think the scores were like the best was like sixteen hundred. I sure. think I didn't even hit a thousand. Oh. Wow. Okay. I'm, I mean, so I'm not, also, you know, it's, it's also, I had 1140, it's no big deal, whatever. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> I was undiagnosed as a kid with ADHD. So That's fair. And I was, di- so I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my late 20s. So had I known and had I had the resources as a kid, I could have had a special exam room. I could have had, you know, I, I could have, there, there were resources out there yeah. to help kids with test taking and with with those types of developmental disorders or neurodivergence. Right. And I didn't have the opportunity to take advantage of those. Totally, makes sense. Petition to um, get a new SAT going for you with um, all the uh, the applicable um, helps that, that would have been relevant. I'm good. No, you don't? Mm, yeah, I'm not, good. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of just embraced, well, <laughs> haven't needed mine either, so uh, totally I'm cool. street smart though. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with you. Um, you'd beat me up out there too. I would. Um, okay, well, that is really fun to hear. So journalism kind of fell into your lap by way of high school yep. club. That's yep. super cool. Shout out to your high school. GHS <laughs> reporter. Mine definitely only had, I mean, we had a yearbook and I was editor-in-chief of the yearbook for three years. Co-editor-in-chief, yep. shout out to my friend Amy who um, we crushed that. Uh, sorry to the classes that weren't... Sorry to the seniors of the previous two years, though, before I was a senior, because my class definitely got the the true benefit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish we could have done better for for the classes of 07 and 08. All good. But I'm sure Who no looks one, at their yearbooks I'm now, sure anyways? no one is thinking about that now, except me. Um, all right, so... You... I just saw a meme. Sorry not to like <laughs> sidetrack, but it's like, you know, when you you make like an awkward conversation, you say something awkward to somebody, like they forget about it. But I think about it for like the next 10 years of my life. Yeah. It's like yeah, the yearbook pretty much, thing. That's pretty much what I live with. Yeah. You talked about a really cool program that you got to take part in after college. Oh, yes. After college, yep. you said. And, I was and not to rehash that, but... Yeah. Um, what stood out to me was, well, you you could say more about it, but like what stood out to me was you said that they accepted one person. Yep. Every year. Yep. It was through a church. Okay. So I didn't, I wasn't really clear about that in the last episode. Got it. But it was, it was through like a religious organization that was like spearheaded at the church I was going to at the time. Okay. And this leadership, this global leadership development program accepted students because it was so expensive to fly these students all around the world for a year. They could really only have one at a time. And well, they accepted students from all around the world. So like it wasn't just in the U.S. Were you part of a group? No. So your experience was just like your individual experience traveling around. But there are other people who had this opportunity through their partnerships. The places and countries that I went to, other people, I didn't get to go to the same places that other people went to and vice versa. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, 
But traveling was also another one of my early developmental experiences. I was an, I was an exchange student when I was 16. And so I got to go to Germany and that exchange student got to live with me and then nice. I got to live with her. So that that was another I don't know, you you see the world differently yeah. when you travel. So So true. I've heard that a lot and I've had very limited travel experience, but I my wife has had a ton and um I think anyone who has traveled or has those just cross-cultural experiences always has so much to report about you know, what it taught them or just the coming back and seeing things differently. You yeah. Know? Um, well, I guess, I mean, I just, my question was, what do you think made you stand out as, uh, you know, you were the choice, but like if, in your own mind, what, <laughs> which is almost for like. The, for being accepted into yeah, the program. Yeah, yeah. What, what I think, think it was because of my age. Because most students applied when they graduated from high school. And this was sort of their gap year before college, sure. figuring out what they wanted to do from high school to college. And at that age, when you graduate high school, you're 17, 18 years old. When I graduated from college, I was 21 years old. So yeah. I was a little bit more mature. I already knew what I wanted to do, quote unquote, knew what I wanted to do with my life. Right. You knew why you were pursuing that opportunity, right. especially. So I think when they were looking at the list of applicants, they were like, oh, this is the first applicant that we've had who's from who's a college graduate. So I, I believe that's why I was chosen. Okay. Um, super cool. I'm sure there were other accolades. <laughs> it was a very rigorous process to yeah. apply. And um, I also had to raise money. Yeah. Which I hate. I hate like looking back. I know, at, I've like, been there. Oh, <laughs> I, I like regret. All, you know, anyways, that's another story from another time. But yeah. It, you don't know it, what you don't know. You don't, and yeah. you know, there's different ways to raise money and some are better than others. Totally. And, uh, we could have a whole episode on mission trips maybe, in the future. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I mean, I was, you know, I talked about it last time, but I was, I did ministry for four years, college ministry, but it was uh, the kind of organization and... I mean, no shade at all. Like this is a way of life for a lot of people. Right. And, you know, there's ways to do it well. I don't think I was the best at people. You know, I wasn't the best among people who who do that well. <laughs> right. Not that I did, not that it was bad. It's just like you, you can, that can be a really rewarding and rich experience for both financial partners and the people who right. are, you know, creating those partnerships. And I just was not the best at keeping up my end of that, you know, relationship. So, um, I told people who would sponsor my trip that I would give them a credit at the end of my documentary <laughs> film. Sick. And I did. Nice. Nice. I'm still going to be looking out for that film. Okay. We all are. I got sure. I got to dig really, it out. Uh, it's in my stack of DVDs or it might be on a hard drive somewhere. A DVD. Sick. Um, cool. Well, it just, that was a, that was a cool thing to know about you and it sounded like, um, a rich experience and I totally just had that question. Um, okay. So, you know, th those are just some of the thoughts that I came away with from last time. I was thinking about that, just like the things you were talking about, how you went from journalism to, you know, documentary, um, studies and, and pursuits. And that was kind of interesting to you. And you, you had the trip and you did the video and then you were talking about even working for the church and, and doing, um, mostly video there and then even yep. like working with friends and stuff. Yep. And, uh, well, like you talked about like freelance wedding. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, but you also mentioned that you did a, you had a blog yep. as maybe your next 
kind yes. of venture. So like in between, I was you weren't so, in real estate yet. No. You weren't in staging. No. Were, when did you work for Pottery Barn in that process? Okay, so I was so bored at my church job and I just felt very unfulfilled there. Yeah. And I started my blog as a creative outlet while I was working for this church. And working for the church, no shade toward the, towards the church so much as like, I just was so young. I didn't, I was an underpaid, like yeah. horrendously underpaid for the amount of work that I did. And yeah, I even had to like, no I will tell joke. you, a st- remind <laughs> me to tell you the story one time about how I asked for a raise and I thought they were going to give it to me and they got my hopes up and then I didn't. Yes. And it was just, it was just a horrible, like, disappointment. But I had to, like, when I worked there, I had to, like, basically petition for an intern. And I, like, really stuck my neck out for this person so that they would get a good, like, so they were motivated to work so they'd have a good salary. And when you boil down, like, after taxes, my intern was making more money than me. Ah. So like that is just how ridiculously low I was paid. But anyways, I I decided to work at Pottery Barn to supplement my income because I wasn't having I just wasn't being fulfilled. I didn't feel it was like a creative way. So I had a full-time job for a church. I left the church and I would drive straight to the mall and I would work from like six to ten o'clock at night, closing out the store and then do it all over again. And I would do that several times a week. And that was just so I could have spending money. Yeah. And I was also, I chose Pottery Barn because I was into home decor and I knew that they would give a employee discount. And so I was like, oh, well, I can fuel my like decorative, creative side, can get a really good discount. I used to look through Pottery Barn magazines, like the, the, um, pam- the not the pamphlets, the catalogs that they would send in the mm-hmm. mail and I would make collages from these Pottery Barn catalogs and uh, like make mood boards of inspiration <laughs> before Pinterest existed. Yeah, I was you gonna know? say, you got a little mood board so, going on. And I'll never forget like the day where there was this, it was called the photographer's lamp. And it was this lamp that was always in the catalog. It was always featured. And I thought it was like the most amazing lamp. And it was like so much money that I would never dream or ever afford of having. And I'll never forget the day where there was like a lighting promotion at the store. And so like we could get our discount on top of the promotions. And so I'll never forget the day where like I could finally afford to buy this lamp and I actually have it still and I use it with staging. That's great. Full circle. Yeah. It's so it's, it's stuff like that, but that's why I started working at Pottery Barn was so that I could earn more money. Okay. And but based on your interest you already had with the home decor, right? I've I've always been, and because of my blog, I was doing, I was sort of like flipping furniture and like DIY, and yeah, I kind of was like not really sure what direction my life was going to go. So I thought I would blog and you know go that route, and eventually I left my job at the church and I only worked at Pottery Barn for very for a few months. And I actually have like a blog post about this because I can, I can reference it at another time. But I wrote about this experience on my blog several years ago. And 
at some point I um, was working with um, a customer at Pottery Barn who I didn't, we did in-home appointments. So I would go to people's houses and I would help them purchase their furniture and help them with their decorating. And that person was married to one of the builders, brothers. And I had a great experience working with that family. And then I heard through the grapevine that they were hiring a selections person. And the person who Basically, it was just all about who I knew. Like it was the connections I built through the church, through Pottery Barn, through wherever. My name came up before I even applied. Wow. They're like, oh, we were just talking about you would be perfect for this job. So when I interviewed for the position, they really weren't looking at anybody else because my name had already been tossed around in the office. So it was just sort of like a formality that I had to go there and be interviewed. I was so nervous. (laughs) But I got the job and that was what opened the door into the world of real estate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and maybe I'll leave it there and I can like pick it up sometime next time because I, I feel like I'm monopolizing the conversation no, unless great. you have more questions. Well, um, no, I, I love hearing that. How interesting they were already pegging you for for that. Um, I I guess I'm just tracing out the timeline a little bit more of kind of some of so some of what you were sharing last time so um and i and we can table that in the sense of like you know we've talked about how in the future we want to both have the opportunity just to like share the nitty-gritty of our startup experiences in Mm -hmm. our businesses and so, you know, you heard me last time kind of talking about how I got into this business yeah. and how why I wanted to open a coffee shop, but I was trying to avoid getting off into the weeds of too yeah. many like specifics or stories of that cuz I mean, any one trail could just lead I you know. down. I know. <laughs> uh quite a quite a long path. And, you know, you're you're you've started a company in with and there's a lot of different aspects to that. So, I think that we have some plans for future episodes that are literally just chronicling how yeah. we each got our start and giving you the nitty-gritty details of that. So yeah. only table in the sense of like we're not really we're, going yeah, into the super story specifics here. Yeah, the story to be here. continued, I guess. There's, yeah, those are, I think for both of us, there's going to be so much to share and process and things that are going to come up. Yep. That's going to be a series of like, episodes. There's also the whole story about how we bought our house and like renovating it and that's really what got me into getting my real estate license, but it all sort of started working for the builder. Right. Totally makes sense. So, okay, perfect. So my, where I had left off was about the blog. What You started the okay. blog and when, that was circa when? What 2012. Circa 2012. So just, just ever so slightly over <laughs> 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago. Um, That blog, I mean, you still blog in a sense. Yeah. You still, that's still Less part frequently. of your like your brand. But, you know, that that wanting to connect and communicate with people is something that I think has always been a part of what you're doing as long as I've known you. Yeah. So starting the blog, you've you've referenced that as kind of like a creative outlet. Yep. And I thought that was interesting. I've Because as I'm tracing out what you're 
as I'm putting the pieces together, I'm watching, I'm following this like through line of, okay, journalism, we're talking to people, we're telling people stories, documentaries, we're, we're doc chronicling people's lives and telling their stories, blogging, we are telling our own story, but we're sharing it with people. So I just noticed this like point of, it seems like Maggie's like, she oriented toward people. She likes this thing about connection totally. and, um, it's a strength and there's of something mine. about connecting with people. You know, what's funny. What? So I want you to, so I'm just going to end there and, okay. and I want to hear you more from you, but I, I never said this to you. I don't, I don't think, but I have long considered your superpower to be connecting people. <laughs> I would agree with that. And, um, cause there's, as far as long as I've known you again, I mean, straight back to I can be annoying about it sometimes. flashback to 2020 when um your friend James was um producing bagels oh, for yeah. local businesses mm -hmm. just like on the side and everyone got their uh their pandemic baking hobby was how I got into baking too yep. but he was making bagels I had already had some over at um at Graham's coffee parlor and then turns out you know the guy and then you emailed me trying to like connect the two of us and You're I right. I have a I've had a draft saved for the longest time i'm pretty sure of a response to you um but what i was gonna write w was that maggie has anyone ever told you that your superpower is <laughs> connecting people or like networking you know yeah. so uh shout out to that and cool. anything you want to say on my observation that you that that's yeah that's something i noticed between yeah i think that's done. i think that is what's led to my success i think everybody has a strength um, and there are times where I'm, I sort of like go quiet and I get really introverted and I, like, I don't know how to describe myself as a, like maybe an extroverted introvert or something. I don't know. But I, I just, it's, I more of have a, it more comes from a motivation of wanting to help people because I get a tremendous amount of, of joy and um fulfillment from helping somebody and with zero expectation and it has to be like you have to have zero expectations because if you if you have expectations you can lead to disappointment so i've just always tried to have zero expectation and not try to i i used to really try to force things on people but then i realized like that wasn't appropriate so now I just sort of like put stuff out there and it's up to them to make it happen if, if they want to make it happen. But I do, connecting people is definitely a superpower of mine for sure. That's super cool. You know what stands out to me or what came to mind as you were saying that is, is the, the word service. You know, we talk about, right. you know, we're, we're in service industries. We, well, so are you. Well, yeah, I said we. We're yeah. in service industries. We, but anyone who says that, right, you use that word, oh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in service. Um, and the thing is, though, that very often, or, or customer service, right, but you're putting something out there. And this, I don't know what people think about this, but I'd be, I'd be curious to hear. You're putting something out there where I'm giving to people I'm making my resources or my strength available for someone else with zero expectation. And I really think it's rare that someone actually is in service, quote unquote, with zero expectation of the people they're trying to, to help or serve. Push back though, maybe. Maybe that's yeah. out there. Maybe that's more than I, maybe more people need credit for that than, than like 
I'm giving, but I tend to think, I mean, I'm also pretty cynical, maybe a little jaded. Um, <laughs> but I, that's, that's just a, that's a, that's a, I, something that stands out to me about what you're saying is, is that's, that sounds like true definition of service. I think it just depends on someone's motivation. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Say more. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people think, um, real estate agents have a bad reputation, right? I mean, have you, I don't know if you've heard that or not. I I've mean, certainly heard that. Um, well, you would know better than me. I haven't dealt with enough and the ones I know tend to be pretty okay. Cool. Well, <laughs> and I mean, maybe for our area where we live, we live in the capital region of New York state. Maybe the, maybe real estate agents around here, I would say for the most part, my peers are a good group of people to do business with. But in general, maybe like, you know, nationally, I think real estate agents can have a bad reputation because they're greedy, can be greedy and motivated by the money. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in real estate. Yeah. So I made a conscious decision when I started my career in real estate that I wasn't going to be motivated by money. And I was never going to let my commission stand in the way of either my client's dream home or helping them sell the house. And so I just, that's just sort of a philosophy that I adopted. And, and you know what, like people can see through when you're like desperate to sell something. Like if you are selling something because you really need the money, people know, they will pick up on that real quick. <laughs> and so I just made a decision like, I'm not going to let the money affect me. Yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to spend the money before I earn it. In fact, I am a squirrel when it comes to money. Like I it's Yeah, you told of, me some good stories. I, I'm a, <laughs> so You don't even know where all your money no, is. No, I don't. Point. I really don't. Just literally swirled it away it's in swirled so many places. In, Brandon calls it my cash stash, but it's true. Like I just I it's just one of those things where I I mean even to the point where like I thrift the majority of my clothing and furniture. Like I'm just a very frugal person. Yeah. Um, for many reasons, but mo like money is just not something that I'm motivated by. And yeah. I think it's, it, this is like going really deep into my history, but I think it's because I grew up really poor hmm. and maybe I would like, I am okay with, not having a ton and I'm not a super flashy person. Um, yeah. So we'll yeah, that. that's like a deep, yeah, you can go from there and like <laughs> deep dive into totally. And that, that's oh, another, story. Own, that's another story. <laughs> another time. Just our personal histories mm -hmm. and trauma and where we come from mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, I laughed earlier while you were, when you, you made a comment about people see through, like when you need to sell something and, I laugh because I literally have a listing right now on Facebook Marketplace for one of our espresso machines, and um, I was, you know, it's a great, it's a great thing, and that like, and so, I, but I wrote in there, I was like, we'd keep it, but we need that cash flow, you know, and I literally wrote that in there, um, yeah, because you know, but you're right, people can yeah. see through it, and I, I own that, I totally yeah. am here to embrace. Like, you have know, you got any hits on that? Uh just a scammy one. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, you know, it's an espresso machine and even though it's like a great value because of the, the brand and the um, Just to put it into context for our audience, what is the list price 
of this? Oh, this machine. I mean, the thing is, it's like, it's a 2012, so it's literally 10 years old. But it's got, it's, so, and it's been, it's been phased out because it's a legacy model. But when it was retailing, it would probably would have been fifteen thousand five hundred dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Easily. Well, that's plus, a, that's a you know, decent tax. chunk of change. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, for sure. Fifteen uh, k is like anywhere from ten to fifteen is your average. Jeez. Espresso machine for the quality. Now, don't get me wrong. You can get an espresso machine new for less money, but you're not getting the quality that you really want to be getting. I have so many questions. But... I have so much to say. <laughs> um, so this particular machine, when we purchased it used, not to give you all these details, but again. But what... I think it's important because like, I mean, to put it into context, like people could be thinking, oh, it's only $800 or they could be thinking, oh, it's thousands yeah. of dollars. Well, right. So I'm listing this machine for $4,995. Yeah. Okay. okay. So $5,000. Um, I purchased it again in 2018 it was a 2012 i purchased it for $6,500 this used machine and probably still has a lot of life left well the thing is i've replaced both of the boilers inside so this this espresso machine has two boilers in it one for steam for steaming lattes and producing hot water for tea and all that stuff and then the other one is dedicated specifically for brewing the coffee itself the espresso and that's what makes a machine like this so uh, special um especially from this company is just the that just the way it's like designed and so both of those boilers are new within the last five years so i when i bought it, it had, the one had been installed in 2018 and then while i had it, i had to replace the other one which was an extra 1250 um so that you know just it's a good value that increases the value of it so it's sort of priced to sell is kind of what i acknowledged in the yep. in the post but it's still a lot of money for anyone who's not like actively shopping for <laughs> yeah. a good value on a totally. on an espresso machine. Which, you know, locally there's only so many people. So anyway, lots <laughs> of uh, that's, that's a, no, that's give you a little perspective into the things I deal with on a on a daily basis. How did you get to okay. learn so much about coffee? I had to. Just uh, when I went into this thing, it was. I think I talked a little bit about this last time. Like, you know, I knew I wanted to have a coffee shop, but I didn't know what would separate any old coffee shop from, you know, like not doing it poorly. I don't know if, if let me. So, in other words, um, yeah, I had a really crappy cup of coffee today from, from a local Story Aid coffee no. in Scotia. Yeah. I know that place sucks. <laughs> Not from storied from another JK, JK. from another local place. I, you won't, know, I won't name them. It happens. But we'll never like, name oh, names that we think are. This is not the same. Not the best. Scared decaf <laughs> that I get at story. Well, first of all, you invented that. So um, yeah, the one from story is the one from story. Yeah. So sorry about that. We'll tell you about the scared decaf in the in the future future at time, no doubt. Um, okay. To answer your question, so in other words. I realized as I was getting into coffee 2018 that I had always gone into certain to coffee shops, but I realized like they're all like a certain variety. And by then I had been going to this other set of coffee shops in Albany and Troy. And I realized like there's something different about these places. And I started to, when I was looking into like, okay, what are, what's it going to take for me to do this thing? What are we going to be all about? I started looking at like some patterns and I looked at, okay, what, 
kind, and I was also online, and I discovered a little hashtag on a friend's Instagram post that changed the game for me, okay? And this is kind of a buzzword, and it's like, it's like played out in a little bit, but at the same time, it's helpful for reference, okay? It was hashtag third wave coffee. You heard me say that last time, but literally, dude, I was like, third wave coffee, I keep seeing this, 2018, okay? Um, I keep seeing this thing, like, pop up, and I tapped on that little thing on my friend's post, because he was living in New York City, um, and he would go to these coffee shops and always, like, post the pictures, and so he was, like, ahead of the curve on this, even for me, and I started looking at, like, what's, what's third wave coffee? What is defining that, you know? what are the defining characteristics? And I started to notice like, okay, we got a whole new realm going on here that I never even realized. And I realized that the shops that I was into and having good coffee and like just a little bit of an elevated experience from locally were more characterized by the things that I was noticing with this third wave coffee idea. So, you know, you won't hear me say third wave all that often. You'll hear me just be a little more general and say things like modern approach to coffee or modern coffee movement. That's a little bit more of the language I like to use because I think it that's a little easier to grasp. You know, you can you can explain things from there. But um, either way, that's kind of what got me going. And I realized, okay, there's a certain there's a select few brands when it comes to espresso machine makers, and there's a select few grinders. And I noticed kind of everyone had the same things and the same pieces of equipment. And I was like, that's, that's, and weren't you also heavily influenced by Cat and Cloud? Yeah. Um, shout out Cat and Cloud Coffee and their um, highly influential podcast called Cat and Cloud Podcast. <laughs> um, and the owner's names are, oh boy, <laughs> uh, Chris and Jared and Chuck are the three guys who founded Cat and Cloud. And I say that just to say, like, they have been really influential in the coffee industry over the last probably five, six, seven years. They started a podcast in 2015. And I discovered them in 2018, which was two years after they had launched their first brick and mortar in 2016. So... um yeah, I found their podcast sort of inadvertently through the algorithm. And uh, shout out to the algorithm. Yeah. Um, it got me really invested in like understanding what my philosophy behind owning a business and being a leader in my business and how to think about coffee. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're people who are really deep in the coffee game, but they don't talk like especially in 2018, you know, they didn't, they weren't your hipster barista types, quote unquote. Um, Chris, you know, is a skateboarder and he looks like a skateboarder on his coffee tutorial videos. And that really stood out to me because yeah. I, you know, I'm also a skateboarder. And then Jared, um, who, you know, you mostly, people mostly reference Chris and Jared because they are the faces, the faces. Chuck's a little bit more like behind the scenes. Um, he comes on the pod every now and then, but, um, Jared's like a surfer, you know, and and uh, and a baller, and so they're just like different. They're just very non-traditional, quote unquote, business owners. Um, and and even in coffee, they don't really fit a certain third wave like yeah caricature. Yeah, and so I just that I think that stands out to people. And then they talk again. They're deep in the game. They're they're all they've all well. Chris they're, and Jared they have feel experience. more relatable. Yeah, totally relatable. They've experienced like everything in coffee as far yeah. as like even into barista championship 
um, realms. And but they talk about it in a way that's just so accessible. Both coffee itself. They yeah, you like, sent me their videos. You sent me some like tutorials yeah. of videos, and I was like, well, yeah. This yeah, they're is. super easy to use. So they talk about coffee itself in a like a non, again, in an accessible, relatable way. And they also talk about business ownership in a in a really accessible, um, just eye opening way. And I think for me, I was a sponge when I was getting into how am I gonna learn coffee, and so those guys really gave me an education as I just caught up on all their back podcasts up till then because again three years of pods already out and then it caught up to real time because they kept going with the podcast into you know late 2021 i think i don't think they did much last year but actually they're as far as i could tell from instagram they seem to be re they're in the studio again it seems like getting some new episodes ready so i don't know that any have dropped but i am a little out of the loop with them um Shout out to Chris who followed our. I know you were so excited Chris about that. Chris Baca followed our um, Instagram, our Instagram House for Coffee the Podcast. House Coffee Pod when we started. When we, I followed his account from yeah, from House Coffee from House Coffee, and then he followed us back, which was pretty dope. So um, I got to meet him in twenty nineteen. Not rich fanning over here. Listen, you brought this out. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't my. I wasn't even going near that. Um, but I actually think that yes, it, I'm a it's super very, fan. It's fine. it's very Certified. pertinent. Like since I've known you, Rich, like you have a signed skateboard in your shop from Chris Baca. So yeah. like you, like <laughs> since I've known you, you've always always talked about Cat and Cloud. So you were influenced by them heavily, heavily influenced. And obviously, Storied has its way. own unique brand. But since yeah, I think that's all I'm trying to do is just like say like yes, I was. I was super shaped by this um, this entity, and I did talk a lot about them, and especially back then. But I'm, I've also grown into who I am as a coffee person, and you know, storied is is its own thing. And so, major shout out to the influence that Cat and Cloud had on me and on storied, and and will in the future. Um, but also. You know, I, I don't. I'm also my own person, yeah. and I don't like have to live, or or I don't have to filter everything I say through totally. you know that anymore. But, the way I used to feel like I did. Got it. So, what led you to? What was the moment when you were like, "I'm going to start a coffee shop"? Uh, that moment, I think I touched on that. As clearly as I can, like probably the, when, you, last when did you start executing on it? Because like we kind of know the background story. Yeah. So in, so when were when was it? It was like December. It was the fall of twenty seventeen. Um, I was still working at Short and Stout Tea Company, but I was also actively looking into how to purchase equipment that I was discovering that all my third wave hero shops had. So I was like, all right, I need the La Marzocco espresso machine. I need the EK43 Malcone grinder (laughs) and just like all the other little things, you know. And I was trying to shop at where to find that. And that was late. That was probably November um, of 2017. And by December of 2017, I had... And you were doing pop-ups? Not yet. Okay. No. By December of 2017, I had filed the articles of 
our organization for our LLC, which would become Storied Coffee in the very near future. Now, we weren't doing pop-ups until the next couple months, so the very spring, very early spring of 2018. I think actually as early as January, we did a pop-up at the Dilly Bean in Schenectady. Yeah. We got introduced to uh, our friend Abby, who owns that business, and it just she had opened not long before us, not or not long before then, and we had the opportunity to just collaborate and do some pop up things there, um, largely just to put ourselves, put our name out there, and like get some feedback on taste testing. And that's what I was going to say is <clears throat> that was the only thing I had done up until that point. All through again those last few months of 2017, I was thinking about what kind of coffee we would serve. And at that time I was getting into the Chemex as like a pour over coffee style that I was making at home. And whenever I would find it out and about, I would start ordering that. So I found that really, that was uh, even, and just learning how to brew coffee in that way was really educational back then and, uh, and tasting everything I could from different places. So yeah, late, late 2017 into the, 2018 was really the formational time for for stories starting to lay the groundwork there by april um by april we had signed a lease on the building which would become storied coffee so it started for april 1st i think uh in scotia so yeah that whole like six month period was kind of how we when I was learning all I could about coffee and digging up all the videos and podcasts and going to all the shops um, that I could travel to within reason. Yeah, and when you wh- what time what date did you open? Because like I don't know. Do you want to talk about like leading up to opening story, or do you want to save that for a future story? Because there was a lot that went involved with that. Yeah, you're so right. Um, you know, I think um, we have to save that for yeah, a future episode. Yeah, I think we have to save that, dude. I think it's time okay. to save that because that's kind of the stuff of like the details of yeah. how stories started, um, which I'm super excited to talk about. I know, but I think I think we'll hold off. Uh, man, you got me going about all my about my stuff. You really flipped the script on that one. <laughs> no sweat, no problem at all. <laughs> we uh, should ask our audience what. Of the stories we told today, like what would they be interested in us elaborating a little True. bit more? And so, yes, audience, <laughs> audience member, what are you, you interested in us elaborating on? Do you have questions for Rich? Do you have questions for me? Yeah, let we us definitely know. want to know. Um, yeah, so I think we'll table some of that story stuff for next time. And it's just a lot of stories that we got to share. And uh, I think we'll continue... Uh, next time with um, some pieces of advice maybe that we have for folks. Advice that we were given. Yeah, that actually, that's what I meant. Advice that we've been given, some of the best that pieces of advice. I have, actually, I have a really cool piece of advice that was given to me early on in starting Storied. The answer to my question, the best pieces of advice, is literally just the next thing I would say in the story that I've been telling. So, perfect. And you got some good things to say. And we also want to talk about, now here's the thing. I'm not super stoked on this topic because I just never, I didn't really get into it. I don't know. I missed the boat. I had a lot of friends into it, but we're going to talk about the Enneagram. So it's fine. 
I'm down for that, actually. Um, what we want to know is... I'm really into it. I know. And that's why it's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah. Because a lot of people have different thoughts on things like the Enneagram, personality assessments, et cetera, et cetera. And at this point, you know, kind of like asking myself, eh, is the Enneagram like, was it a fad? Are we past that? Um, is the Enneagram played out? I don't know. Maybe, in my opinion. I but- mean, it has been around for centuries, so... <laughs> I don't know if it's played out well, yet. Well, you know, Rich. a lot of things will have certain shelf life, okay? Um, so I will be interested to hear how you have found that the Enneagram helps you in your business. Yep. I think a lot of people would probably be interested in that kind of thing. Uh, probably a lot of people would say the same, you know? I, I, I will admit, um, when I found out I was a nine, apparently, um, I was... It was it was insightful, yeah, and also not surprising given the characteristics described yep. <laughs> for a number nine. And uh, Maggie is a number, number six, six, so much so that she didn't believe that I was a number nine when I told <laughs> her that. So um, skeptic, y'all can just stay tuned for that. We'll we'll chat about it next time. And um, if you got thoughts before that drops, hit us with those questions or uh, or your own stories about the enneagram, and maybe we'll be able to incorporate them. Yeah. Um, next time yeah we're excited to we're so excited that we just lost track of time and we have to stop (laughs) recording because we have to get back to our lives and businesses Uh, and stuff so but we truly appreciate you sticking around and listening and if you want to find us on all the platforms we are at house coffee podcast on Instagram, we are housecoffeepodcast.com for our website if you want to look at our show notes and photos. And we are also housecoffeepodcast at gmail.com for inquiries. Shout out. Yep. All right. Well, good chatting. Later. See you next time.